Hello, listeners. Welcome to A Writer's World. This is Sean Griffin, a poet and writer, hopes to share some part of that world with you here on KWNK. It's a big subject, and we'll see where it leads. This is my fifth and final program from Granada, Spain, where I am living in San Miguel Alto. On Saturday night, friends took us to La Peña de la Plataria, a club that presents some of the best flamingo performers. We had some tapas before the concert, then filed into the stone room. For the next hour, the woman who goes by La Fabi and the guitarist, Curo Carrasco, held us on the edge of our wooden chairs. We literally rose and fell with her every halting breath. In between, the acoustic guitar was like a well of soft, almost hidden reverberations. He followed each of her musical intonations. Two men joined them on stage with a fierce, clapped rhythm and many cajoling chants. For the first time, I began to hear the origin of Lorca's Cante Hondo, or deep song, that sprang from within this woman. Her songs were of ordinary anguish, losing a lover, feeling lonely, and wanting to be free of such struggle, something we have all felt. But it was more than that. It was also the source of Lorca's Romancero Gitano, or Gypsy Ballads. These poems derived from something unspoken, a churning from within, and like La Fabi, they were, they were reflections of what we heard that night. So much of his work is rooted in the trenchant expression of these ballads. Then I remembered being in the Sacramante a few days earlier. We went into the museum of the traditional home of the gypsies, a literal replica of the homes dug into the side of the mountain. They did everything inside, cooked, weaved, forged, threaded bulrushes into baskets, kept their livestock, and of course, grew what they could on the hillside. We read of their passage from the lowest caste in 10th century India to Spain. They were nomadic metal workers and more, and spread throughout Europe. Initially, the Spanish referred to them as Egyptanos or Egyptanos because they passed through what was then Egypt Minor, and finally, Gitanos. By the time they reached Spain, they had fled persecution across southern Asia, northern Africa, and finally Europe. When Ferdinand and Isabella expelled the Moors, the gypsies stayed in Sacramonte, where many of the Moors had lived. The gypsies believed the Moors' treasure was hidden below the rock houses and began to marry and build families with the former slaves of the Moors who were also in Sacramonte. You can see where this is going. There was never a home for the gypsies, and now they were outcasts, treated as if they were less than people. An almost unnatural consequence of the fear that propelled them to flee India. But it was Lorca who heard their song and tried to recreate their longing, their scorching vocals, their desire to be part of something more. This depth of feeling, this unthinkable sorrow, was presented as an ecstatic vision. Indeed, it became the vision that defined Lorca and his poetry, Duende. Many people have tried to define it, describe it, break it down. It cannot be untethered from its poet. It lives in the black vocals of La Fabi and in the incantation of Carrasco's flamingo guitar. It finds purchase in the smallest of quarters and emanates out to all who listen. It is not something we can know. We can only experience it. Sometimes in the summer there are flamenco concerts in the Alhambra. Many nights we sat on the Torreon listening to the performers. The vocals were testament to their history of travail, migrants, refugees, 
people without a home, a country. And yet, here it flourished as performance art. So much so that jazz musicians began to incorporate their rhythms into their performances in the late 1980s. The register of feeling is not unlike opera. The singer's vocals push the membrane of sound to repeated highs and lows. They are vocals of imagined torment. And they are part of this culture. They belong here, which is nothing short of remarkable, given the near extinction of their Gitano culture during the last hundred years. When Franco came to power, they, they were prohibited from speaking their language, and he placed them under strict vigilance. The Nazis referred to them as hereditarily sick, the only choice being to eliminate them. Several hundred thousand gypsies were killed during World War II. And hence, this wailing that underlies so much of their music is rooted in sorrow. It is a kind of coupling with, of art with the tendrils of loss, the milagro of survival. I imagine it was how they kept themselves from spiritual harm. They recorded their experience in the Cante Hondo, this deep song that listeners flock to today. In almost every culture, there is a similar recording of their journey from home to another place. It was the oral tradition of poetry and music that saved so much of their experience. But how these individuals kept on is not known. They were singing in a time of such intolerance to exist beyond the confines of what was allowed. Remember, Franco was in power until he died in 1975. Six years later, a general stood up in the Spanish State House, fired his gun, and declared another military coup. King Juan Carlos called the military leaders that night and pleaded with them to have elections and not proceed with the coup. They assented, or Spain and certainly the gypsies would be a much different place today. But you realize that was a mere 42 years ago. Lorca's collected poems were not released until 1983 because of his family's fear of further reprisals from Franco's followers. This was the climate the gypsies lived in until the latter part of the last century. It is hard to imagine a more scorching basis for the ballads that became synonymous with their culture. And now, as I've said, they are celebrated in outdoor amphitheaters. It is a paradox of living with your tradition when it is not known, not wanted, until you finally become what they call you, a gypsy, a nomad. After we visited the museum in the Sacramonte, we sat outside in the nearby cafe. The woman who worked at the museum heard us talking about the music. My wife recorded the vocals that were playing on the speakers. The woman came up to us and asked if we would like some of the names of the well-known flamenco singers. She spent the next 20 minutes writing them down. Cameron de la Isla, Paco de Lucia, Enrique and Solea Morente and others. I hope you can take some time to hear this incredible range of emotion because it's not so much really song as it is the shared sense of longing, a musical refusal of what has happened. This is what gives the, perform the performance such depth of feeling. You cannot sit in the presence of real flamen flamenco without experiencing something of their story. You're taken in. You lie in their palms and wait for them to gather what strength can be had. It is also an ecstatic performance, a place to leave this earth, if only for an hour, and return somehow imbued with the fresh resilience and admiration. It can be shrill, sharp, 
contextual, rhythmic, heart-wrenching, and fluid. It can be all these things at once. And soon, you realize that it's a performance of what was lost, and that is why it is so powerful. They surrendered their existence to serve this deep song. They went into exile, like so many cultures, and found its expression. For most listeners, this is unthinkable. How could you endure so many unwanted days and nights to resurrect them in a ballad that is like anguish and birdsong and fear and broken love composed as a gift to what cannot be spoken? When we left La Peña on Saturday, we were without words. What could be said? They had given us an hour of sheer emotion. The next day at the museum, one of Lorca's poems, Romance of the Moon Moon, was on the wall. I'd like to read an excerpt of it and play this incredible deep song that he realized was unlike anything he had heard. Romance of the Moon Moon. The moon came down to the forge with her broad skirt of tuberoses. The boy looks and looks at her. The boy is looking at her. On the deeply touched air, the moon swings her arms and shows, both lewd and pure, her nipples of hard tin. Flee, moon, moon, moon. Should the gypsies come around, they would carve out of your heart white rings and necklaces. Oh, how the heron sings. Oh, how she sings in her tree through the sky. The moon walks with a child grasping her hand. Inside the forge they cry. The gypsies, they loudly cry. The air keeps watch, keeps watch. The air is keeping watch. This concludes my final program from Spain on the gypsy tradition of flamenco. Please join us in the collective ether sphere on the first and third Sundays at 5 p.m. for our next meditation on words or stream it at kwnkradio.org. And please support your local independent bookstore. In Reno, that's Sundance Books and Music, and in Las Vegas, that's the Writer's Block. They're open, and we need them. Thank you, be safe, and spread a little kindness wherever you are.